Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa on 710 ESPN. So this Sunday, we get our first look at Russ next to LeBron, AD, and the rest of the purple and gold. In order for the Lakers to be Brooklyn, AD does have to be a top five player in the league. And that's the biggest advantage that the Lakers have against the Brooklyn Nets. They have Anthony Davis and the Brooklyn Nets don't. Alan Sliwa's here to get you ramped up for Lakers preseason game one on Sunday. You know, we've had plenty of conversations conversation about the Lakers vets and the age and everything is it too much of a big deal so forth and so forth yeah I think it's blown out of proportion but it's not going to go anywhere until the Lakers start playing and start proving that no this age that they have the vets that they have is actually an advantage not a disadvantage are you ready for mission 18 reloaded Lakers talk is on here's Alan Sliwa What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Two straight hours of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Looking forward to tonight. You heard Mario right there on the open. Laker fans, Sunday, preseason basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. Just six days away, Lakers will take on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, We got a great show lined up for you, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the show. Let me give everybody just a quick rundown what we're going to do tonight, because I got a lot going on. And, um, you know, obviously throughout the show, I'll open up certain topics to Laker fans out there. You're always, always welcome to join the show, 877-710-ESPN. All right, here's what we got. Brad Turner is going to come on the 8 o'clock hour, covers the Lakers for the LA Times. Fantastic article came out today. Uh, Sam Amick's a part of it. Uh, Bill Orem, who's been on the show a couple different times, he's a part of it. Sham Sharania, all from The Athletic, really kind of... Breaking down a few different topics around the Lakers, and um, you know we'll hit on it. Whether it's how Russell, how bad Russell Westbrook wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker, uh, the rumors about uh, Coach Vogel's extension with the Lakers just being one year, what the Lakers' starting lineup is going to look like this year. At least there's some conversation already about that. And then uh, I'm going to go through some of those. We know this. Yes, or last week, late last week, there was. Um, ranking the players, LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, where all these guys ranked, what's going to be most important rather than just a ranking that's on a sheet of paper. So we got a lot to get into um, tonight. And then, uh, as always, as we do the top NBA stories, uh, I thought some interesting stuff coming from Dennis Schroeder today, new point guard for the Boston Celtics. Um, Also, just one reminder, uh, I know for most of those uh, Laker fans who are tuned in uh, tonight on Lakers Talk, Just a reminder, tomorrow is Lakers Media Day. So Lakers Media Day goes from 10 a.m. to noon tomorrow. Myself and Travis Rogers will have all your coverage. And, you know, we're expecting to have a fantastic show and get a chance to hear from all the big guns. You know, LeBron, A.D., Westbrook, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. It's going to be fantastic. This is going to be really how the season gets started. That's kind of the... Um, that's the, uh, you could say, kickoff for the uh, NBA scene and, uh, season by doing training camp. And you got a lot of these other NBA teams that had training, ca- training camp earlier today. Okay, so I mentioned that article, um, a big article, big Lakers article on The Athletic. Sham Sharania, Bill Orm, and Sam Amick came out earlier today. And, you know, a couple of things stood out from that article, and I'm going to kind of go piece by piece on some of this, and I think this is going to make for some great Laker conversation. The The first thing that I'm going to hit on it, and I think this was, um, this was touched upon a little bit when Russell Westbrook was originally traded to the Lakers. And I've kind of fielded, you know, having the chance to do the daily show now with Travis, um, obviously there's plenty of time to talk Lakers basketball and then get a chance to do Lakers talk. You, you're... I feel like for the most part, most Laker fans are excited that Russell Westbrook's going to be a part of the Lakers. There is a small contingency, I believe, um, that's in the camp of, well, Russ is not a good fit, and the guy can't shoot a jumper, and you need guys that, you know, in today's NBA, you got to have guys that can be a threat from the outside, and how does Russ complement what AD and LeBron James bring to the table? There's others that have, you know, mentioned their concerns. So part of the article... Um, 
one of the things that stood out to me was Russell Westbrook um, really, really trying to do everything he possibly can, uh, took control of the situation was one of the quotes from a source, um, that Russell Westbrook was trying everything he can to be a Los Angeles Laker. And, you know, I think there's a number of reasons why he'd want to be a Laker. Um, called the owner Ted Leon, uh, Leonsis, I think is uh, the way you pronounce that. That was the owner of the Washington, the billionaire owner of the Washington Wizards. And when it was really, really close and it thought that the Lakers were going to go make a deal with the Sacramento Kings, it was Russell Westbrook stepping in and, and pretty much asking the owner of the Wizards to do him, a, do him a solid, do him a favor. Hey, can you try to put together a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers? And obviously Rob Palenka jumped on that. KCP, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, the number 22 pick of this past draft, all goes to the Wizards. Russell Westbrook ends up with the Lakers. Um, a couple things that I think about when a player gets traded, especially a superstar gets traded to another team. Is that superstar want to be a part of that organization, or is this just a quick little pit stop? Um, does that superstar think that he's going to be a right fit and he's with the right teammates? And does he have a similar goal as the other players on the team? Those are all fair questions. And I could put it, I could lay out a hundred examples of guys that got traded and there was really nothing too much behind it. It was a Hail Mary of a chance. You know, I, I can even make the case when Russell Westbrook got traded from the Oklahoma City Thunder, he went to the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets were in a Hail Mary situation. You know what? We've tried some of these other things. Let's just freaking try James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Let's see what happens. We've got nothing to lose. By the way, forget a center. We'll have Robert Covington be six foot seven, and that's going to be our center, and we're going to take our chances under the Mike D'Antoni uh, offense. It didn't work. It was a Hail Mary. And, and frankly, I remember that even happening. And I want to say I was on. I want to say I was getting ready to do pregame with Michael and we were on with Mason in Ireland, and there was a few of us that were like, yeah, you know what? What do they got to lose? You know, you're not going to win anyways with the squad that you have. Take the chance. There are other teams that you know take the chance, and if we want to stay with Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook goes to the Wizards. You trade John Wall. It was kind of like you're trading a couple superstars. You're trading contracts. You just want new scenery. The thing that I try to explain to others who – are a little, you know, question maybe that Russell Westbrook uh, trade to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Russ wants to be here. Russ wants to be a Los Angeles Laker. This isn't a squad that's rebuilding. This isn't a squad that uh, you're looking at, you know, that organization today and saying, oh, this is, uh, you know, you got to plan for the next couple of years because this year is just not going to be that year. No. Russ wants to be in the mix Russ wants a chance to win an NBA championship. Russ wants to be a part of an organization that's going to give his opportunity. Yes, you could say he's also he's from Los Angeles. He went to UCLA. You you can you could tie all those things together, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, Russ's path to want to come to the Lakers, um, the foundation of it all has to do with I want to win a freaking NBA championship, and the Lakers are going to give me the best shot to do so. Um, we got a chance last week to listen to Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka um, addressed uh, you know, the media on one of the Zoom calls, and a couple things stood out for me in that conversation with him, whether it was the goals that he had, and I'll play that clip a little bit later, what he wanted to accomplish in the offseason. But the thing that I think stuck out to me the most is when he talked about you can construct a roster, you can put all these pieces together, and it might look fantastic on paper, but the way – and I, the Lakers are a perfect example. Brooklyn and the Lakers are a perfect example of this. On paper, it's going to look one way. Once you put those ingredients together and they're out on the court and training camp starts tomorrow and it's media day tomorrow, there's no guarantee or lock that this thing is going to work. You're going to have egos on the team. You're going to have guys with their own personal agendas, and can they sacrifice whatever that personal agenda is for the betterment of the team? And that's one of the things – that is obviously one of the biggest challenges that you can possibly have as uh, as somebody like Rob Palenka in his position when you're trying to put together this roster. Let me play this clip because he first mentioned this about guys needing to be unselfish. And I want to tie this back to Russell Westbrook because this is what I think, you know, my personal expectations are when Russell Westbrook, you know, plays in 
six days for the Los Angeles Lakers against the Brooklyn Nets in that first preseason game. If he plays, I, I don't know. They're you know obviously going to play what the uh, the goals are going to be in the preseason. Um, but this is one thing that I think is clear to me, and this is a big part of what Palenka was trying to do in the offseason. Take a listen to this on Palenka, on players making sacrifices. When this group of guys is in the gym or around each other, there's a respect for, hey, we have a chance to do something special this year, and we all have to make sacrifices to get there. And I think this group shares that common belief in the assumption that sacrifices will have to be made, but there's something greater that we can accomplish. Now, that doesn't mean we walk in the gym and we're contenders. It means we walk in the gym with a belief in one another and a belief that we're going to put in that work to get there. And this is a serious group of guys. So that's Rob Palenka. This was from late last week, addressing the media on uh, a number of different things. But that one stands out to me. It stands out to me because... I think the guys that the Lakers put together, and Russ is a perfect example of this. When I say, you know, I want to start off the show talking about this piece from The Athletic, how bad Russell Westbrook wanted to be a Laker. You know, I don't know if you know people understand this and realize it, but if you just kind of look at Russell Westbrook's career, Russell Westbrook drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, there's a point in his career early on that he thought, we're going to freaking be in the finals every year. It's me, it's James Harden, and it's Kevin Durant. How stacked is this squad for the next 7 to 10 years? Then the Oklahoma City Thunder trade James Harden and he's gone. Even with James Harden, an MVP player that's now in Brooklyn and Brooklyn's got a great chance to win a championship. Even with him gone, KD, Russell Westbrook, and some really nice pieces that they put together were close to winning a championship. I argue they should have won a championship. Uh, This is when they're up three games to one of the Golden State Warriors, and then they blow that 3-1 lead, and all of a sudden Kevin Durant decides in that offseason that he's going to go play for the Golden State Warriors and wins two NBA championships in three years. Then Russell Westbrook spends whatever amount of time with the Oklahoma City Thunder and goes through kind of a carousel of making the playoffs and having great individual stats but never competing for a championship. And since that time... He's been with the Houston Rockets. He's been with the Washington Wizards. When people, you know, question, well, will Russ be on the same page with LeBron? And Russ is on this Lakers team because he wants to win a chip. That's the exact reason why, in my personal opinion, he's going to his owner in Washington and saying, please, find a way to get a deal done with the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, I, I think that that speaks a lot to... Um, how bad Russ wants to win, and all these other guys is going to have to be the same thing. But it's been that message primarily uh, since the offseason really got underway and a lot of these players started signing. Okay, a um, couple things I want to do when we come back. Number one, Rob Palenka laid out what his goals were in the offseason, what his priorities were in the offseason. And I think he kind of nailed them. I think at least he checked them off one by one. Plus, Um, there's some rumors that the Lakers, there's a potential starting lineup for the Lakers that I think will 100% 100 surprise Laker fans out there because I don't know how much of a priority this should be in an 82-game regular season, but we're going to get into all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, looking forward to it. This Sunday, first preseason game for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Man, what a busy time in sports. So think about Sunday for a quick second. 
you'll have the Rams uh, facing Arizona, two 3-0 and teams. Lakers will start against Brooklyn. It'll be the Dodgers' final game of the uh, regular season before they start their either wild card game or division, probably most most likely wild card game. I mean, what a great time in sports. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this, and you heard a couple of the promos. Tomorrow's Lakers media day. So Travis and I, who do the show, 9.55 to 12.55, right before 1, then we throw it over to Mason and Ireland. Um, 10 to noon tomorrow will be media day. So that will be right in the heart of our show. We'll have all the coverage. Uh, you've heard these promos. Uh, a lot of the big names will be a part of it. So looking forward to that. Um, you know, w- one of the things that uh, I-, I wanted to also play from uh, that that uh, interview last week with Rob Palenka, so Rob Palenka addressing the media, um, Rob kind of went through what his goals were in the offseason. And you could kind of check them one by one of what was, I don't know if it was in order or anything like that, but these were the priorities. Take a listen to Rob Palenka on the priorities this uh, this past offseason. Yeah, I think going into uh, the draft and free agency, there were really three primary goals and objectives that we wanted to accomplish with the roster. Um, one was adding um, playmaking or a, a primary playmaker. Um, two was shooting. And then three was shifting back to, especially defensively, a model of um, you know sort of two rebounding defensive centers like we had in, when we won the championship in 2020. And um, those were the, the goals we had in mind. And I think if you look at the complexion of the roster, we feel like we addressed each of those three goals. And um, that was something we set out to do. So we feel, we feel good about that. All right, that's Rob Plank right there. I want to go through each one of these because it's it's interesting. It's one thing when you get into the offseason and every Laker fan is chiming in, throwing on their GM hat, myself included. Oh, they need to do this and they have to address that. And if they don't get this figured out, how are they going to win another championship? And, and I thought, you know, Rob laying it out. First thing he said was a playmaker or playmaking. Okay, well, let's, let's think about that for a second. Um the Lakers went out and got Russell Westbrook. You're not going to find a better playmaker and someone playmaking, right? Somebody who could grab the board off the glass on one end, and before anybody else gets to half court, he's already on his way for a layup where he sends somebody else up. Um, playmaker. Can, can you have somebody that the Lakers don't have to be dependent just on LeBron James in a half-court set or bringing up the ball or making sure or kind of orchestrating the offense? That's what Russell Westbrook's done his entire career. That's what he's done in the point guard position, and he's played with other stars. So I don't want to hear people say, well, how's he gonna, how is Russ going to play with it? Russ has played with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, uh, go down the list, Paul George of plenty of players that are upper echelon, some of them former MVPs, he's played with them. He knows how to play with them. Now, is he going to have to adjust and figure out, okay, what are LeBron's tendencies, AD's tendencies? Absolutely. Everybody's going to do that. And you want, you know, one of the things for me, I know going into the offseason was, can the Lakers, felt like they had to go out and get another superstar. They had to. They had, they, I, I don't think you, um, I don't think you were beating the Brooklyn Nets unless you went out and got another superstar. Now, um, you know, I'm going to keep referencing that athletic article from earlier today that came out. Um, you know, we all know that they were close to getting Buddy Healed, but Buddy Healed almost seemed like, well, that's if we can't get out, can't get another superstar. That's our plan B or our plan C. That's kind of conceptually what you thought the uh, the Lakers were going to do. So they went out and got their superstar, and obviously he fits that playmaking mold. Other playmakers as well, you could say Rondo is a playmaker. You can say, and at this age of his career, we'll see how much Rondo is able to contribute, but at the same time, it was a year ago that the Lakers were um, the NBA Finals were about to start. I think it's actually a year ago today they eliminated Denver and then the NBA Finals were about to start which shows you just how crazy it is that it's only been a year. Literally it's only been it's been less than a year the Lakers won their championship. They also went out and got Kendrick Nunn from the um, Kendrick Nunn from the uh, the Miami Heat in the sense of he was with the Miami Heat then the Lakers signed him. They went out and got playmakers. Those are your playmakers. So check that list off the uh, check that off the box. Um, shooting. I, I cannot tell you how much I heard during post game shows and uh, really in the off season too when things were about to start that Lakers got to go out and get shooters. You know, let, let's kind of be blunt about it. Wesley Matthews didn't work out for the Lakers the way they thought it was going to be. Um, they lost other shooters. KCP is gone. Kuzma is technically a shooter. It wasn't an efficient shooter by any stretch of the imagination. So they lost some guys. How are you going to address your shooting? Um, Wayne Ellington 
uh, Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony. Um, they went out. Kent Bazemore shot 40% last year. They went out and tried to address that specific need shooting. And then the last one, which is the one um, I think most Laker fans bothered me. When I say bothered me, as in it bothered them the most during the season, Al, why did we get rid of Dwight Howard? You know, having Dwight and JaVale McGee um, the year that the Lakers won a championship was such a great advantage. Why did they change from that game plan? Well, maybe Rob Palenka agrees with you, and he went out and got DeAndre Jordan and re-signed Dwight Howard after he went to Philly for one year. So check, 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 check those things all off the list there for Rob Palenka. Those were his goals, his priorities this offseason. And, you know, it's funny because I can come in here very optimistic about this upcoming season. I could tell Laker fans out there, don't pay too much attention to how old the Lakers are because a lot of these players, they're going to be depending on, um, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes a game. So you're not going to be depending on them the way um, uh, Carmelo at one point of his career was a franchise player. He's the sixth, seventh best player on this team now. Same with Dwight Howard. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. But we don't know until they start putting this whole thing together. So we're either going to be sitting here six, seven, eight months from now talking about how great Palenka's plan worked, or we're going to be saying, man, this thing just didn't work out and what we thought was going to be successful wasn't going to happen. But I'm obviously very optimistic about it. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw this out there to Laker fans before I get into uh, another another uh, topic that I want to get into. Um, how confident do you feel in this Lakers roster? So season starts on Sunday the the big hitters in the NBA, I can name a, a few of them right now. Brooklyn's obviously going to be a big hitter. I'm very curious about the Golden State Warriors and hopefully Clay Thompson healthy and ready to come back. And you know we'll see what they end up doing with some of their other young pieces if they try to go out and get another player. I'm curious about teams like the Denver Nuggets. Utah and Phoenix, I think, will be good, but do I think they're a true threat to go win an NBA championship if the Lakers are healthy? No, I don't believe that. But if you have your thoughts on how Rob Palenka put together this roster and how confident you are going into the season, or maybe you're not that confident. Maybe you're you're not a big fan of the moves that the Lakers had and you have some concerns. If you want to voice your opinion on that, 877-710-ESPN. Okay, so the... Um, the article that I mentioned um, from The Athletic, again, Sham Sharania, Bill Orm, Sam Amick, article came out today. Um, another interesting kind of nugget of this was the potential starting lineup for the Lakers. That there, that this conversation, that there's um, legit, legit conversations out there about AD playing the center position and LeBron James playing the power forward spot. So let me kind of go into a piece of the article that kind of lays out the starters that could potentially be there for the Lakers. And I, I say potentially because you just never know, right? Like we can sit here and I, I you know, my personal opinion is um, with nothing even starting yet, as in training camp is even starting. I don't, I don't know how you could really already determine what your starting lineup is going to be. Um, but with that being said, uh, part of this article talks about how the Lakers would put Anthony Davis at the five. They'd put LeBron James at the four. Trevor Ariza, all Laker fans know Trevor Ariza, won a championship with the Lakers back in 2009 against the Orlando Magic, would be at the uh, small forward position. Wayne Ellington, a former Laker and a fantastic shooting guard. Uh, when I say fantastic shooting guard, as in he's a true threat, a real big-time shooter in the league, uh, shoots uh, over 40% from the three-point line. He'd play the two spot for the Lakers, and then Russell Westbrook would be the one. So that kind of breaks down, you know, from an article perspective, that's the conversation. The conversation is the Lakers would use that type of starting lineup this upcoming season. And I, I want to do a couple things, and we're going to do it when we come back because I want to spend a little time on this. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. Are you one of those that says – AD's got to start the five. He's got to play the five. The Lakers are going to have an incredibly successful season this upcoming year. He's got to play the five, and Bron's got to play the four, and the Lakers have to have a, a smaller lineup with AD at the five. If you're on that list, great. You can pick up the phone and make your case. I'm not on that list. I'm not one of those that thinks AD's got to play the five 
through an 82-game grind, and that's going to be everything this upcoming season. So when we come back, we're going to spend a little bit of time on that. 877-710-ESPN. Uh, thank you for being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Media Day tomorrow. Uh, make sure to tune in. We will be covering Media Day. It's 10 to noon. Travis and I will do our regular show, 9.55 to 12.55. And then Mason Island will come after that. Sedano and Cap, nine straight hours of local talk. Of course, everything starts with Kellerman, with, with Keyshawn, J. Will, and, uh, and Max Kellerman. Uh, you can start tuning in at 6 a.m. Um, if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. I know we got a couple callers uh, lined up. I'll get to the phones in just a second if you want to call, uh, just be patient, and I'll make sure uh, to get to you. So potential starting lineup for the Lakers. This is part of an article that came out from The Athletic. Talks about uh, Anthony Davis at the center, LeBron James at the four, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, and Russell Westbrook. Okay, So this is, um, this is just a uh, potential starting lineup, and this kind of falls more along the lines of when I mentioned um, Rob Palenka about guys sacrificing for one another. You know, you have a common goal – that's the most important thing and nothing else matters. It's getting championship number 18. And a lot of that is going to be guys maybe playing, um, let, let's just use a, as an example, playing less minutes than they're accustomed to or playing positions that they don't nec- they're not accustomed to playing on an 82-game schedule. You've got to sacrifice. That's what happens with championship rosters. We've seen this with the Lakers in the past, whether the championship that they just won um, or in previous championships. And you also see it the other way, guys that don't sacrifice, and then that costs you winning a championship, or there's too much selfishness, or whatever the case is. We know the Lakers got the talent. The talent is there. Um, the talent 100% is there for the Lakers. They got a legitimate shot. I was a fan of go get another superstar and surround the rest of the team with veterans, and the Lakers certainly went out and, and did exactly that, and I thought Rob Plank had a good offseason. Now, I also thought Rob Plank had a good offseason last year. I thought Dennis Schroeder was going to work. I thought Montrez Harrell was going to work. I thought Wesley Matthews was a good addition. Marcus Gasol obviously didn't pan out. And you know what? Maybe it would have panned out, but Anthony Davis got injured, and we'll never really know if if all I know is that it wasn't meant to be because every time it felt like the Lakers, the the engine started running, boom, something else happened, everything stopped. Andre Drummond at the trade deadline or at the um, buyout market I thought was a good move. So um, it, it's it's certainly not a guarantee for anything to happen, but I want to comment real quick on the starting lineup. I hear this a ton. Well, you know, AD should be playing the five. Why isn't Anthony Davis playing the five? You know, AD is such a good player. Um... Nobody can stop him, and, and these are the numbers for when AD plays the five. Look how unstoppable the Lakers are. I get that. I understand that. I understand that the Lakers give themselves the greatest chance to win with AD at the five in most predicaments and situations. I want AD guarding Joel Embiid. Okay, maybe it's different a little bit this year. You can have Dwight Howard do a little dirty work with him. I want AD going toe-to-toe with Giannis. I want AD going toe-to-toe with Jokic. I get all that. I completely understand it. This is my problem with this potential starting lineup that you know I'm referencing to in this article. AD at the 5, LeBron at the 4, Trevor Ariza at the 3, Wayne Ellington and Russell Westbrook uh, round out the backcourt. My problem is... Um, and I don't know if I'm if I'm in the minority on this one. I, I don't think AD's got to be in the five when you're when you're about to embark in an 82 game schedule. I don't think it's that important to have Anthony Davis 
in the middle of November uh, against the Indiana Pacers that Anthony Davis has to play 30 of his minutes at the five. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I think people make a case that Anthony Davis has got to play the five. He's got to play more center. Um, He's doing the Lakers a disservice. If you're telling me AD doesn't want to play the five in game three of a playoff game where the Lakers know, hey, in the second half, AD, we need you at the five because if you're at the five in the second half of this playoff game, we know we're going to end up winning this thing. That's a different story. And that has never happened with AD, and it will never happen because even Anthony Davis understands how useful he is at the five. Use it when you need it. 82 games is an 82-game grind. I I don't think it's that important to have this dude play the five in an 82-game stretch. And listen, if it ends up happening and, you know, that's how they want to use Anthony Davis right out the gate, it is what it is. And if AD dominates all season long and that's the right move, fine, fantastic. As long as it's not taking anything away from the playoffs in the postseason. But I personally don't have an issue with AD playing the four. I don't. Because I know that when you have games in November and December and January and February, you're still two months from the playoffs starting once you get into February. So I don't think it's as big of a deal. Some people have made a bigger case for it. We'll take some phone calls on this right now, too. By the way, and also throughout, what do you think of the lineup in general? What the moves Palenka made in the offseason? Palenka addressed all that uh, late last week. You could comment on that as well. Uh, we'll take a couple calls right now. Eric and Marina Del Rey. Uh, Eric, what's going on? You're on uh, Lakers Talk. Hey, what's going on, Al? I love the show. Um so I heard the potential starting lineup, and <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm all right with it if it happens, right? Like, I didn't hear it and immediately panic. Uh, I'm okay with it. But I think at the end of the day, I'm on the same side as you, um, that I don't think AD needs to be doing all that banging in the center uh, position in the beginning of games and games in November, December. Um, his, his health is ultimately, I think, uh, the biggest deal when it comes to winning a championship is that he just stays healthy like he did in year one. So I'm, I'm on your side where I'd only use them when it really matters at the end of important games. Um, and I liked uh, what Robert said about trying to go back to the formula we had two years ago mm-hmm. with uh, DeAndre and Dwight kind of playing the Dwight JaVale roles. Uh, so obviously to have that, AD wouldn't be playing center to start. So I think I think I'm on I think I'm on your side there that I like uh, I like AD at the four better. I mean I get I get why people want him at the five and I think at the five you know he could obviously thrive and it can help our lineup especially with you know if you had Ellington there out there shooting. But sure. I don't know I, I think at the end of the day it just it's better to preserve AD. Appreciate it, Eric. Thank you for calling in, bud. Um, you know it's it's uh, I, I kind of find this funny because you know here we are the season hasn't even started yet but. These are just these are natural conversations that come up, and I like what Eric mentioned about Rob taking a little bit more of a blueprint. He said two years ago, it, it hasn't even been a year. That's man, I get so thrown off by you know these last couple of two seasons ago, right? Two seasons ago when the Lakers had that blueprint, and I think Rob obviously took a piece. I don't think he did. He did take a piece from that blueprint, you know, and, and how much LeBron's influence is on all that. I'm sure it's in incredibly heavy how much his influence weighs in on what the Lakers should do and, you know, kind of moving forward. They got Dwight, they got Rondo back, but they also signed DeAndre Jordan, who I think, uh, you know, in my opinion, will probably be more likely at the five than AD to start off the season. What the hell do I know? All right, a couple more calls here. Um, Lee and La Mirada. Lee, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Lee, you there, buddy? All right, no Lee, no Lee. Let's go to uh, let's go to George in Ventura. George, what's going on? You're on Lakers talk. Hey, how's it going? Thank, thank you for uh, um, getting me in. Oh, no problem, uh, buddy. Yeah, what's I, going on? Also, what, what's yeah? What do you want to hit on? Yeah, I, I also think what you were saying about uh, uh, Anthony Davis. You know, we need to preserve him. Um, I think uh, uh, bringing Russell Westbrook is. Um, it's great, and it's uh, it's gonna you know leave some um, relief from uh, Anthony Davis, so that way he can go ahead and you know uh, take breaks and all that. Uh, um, I think it's great, and it also bring in Dwight Howard uh, defense. Uh, uh, last time when they won uh, the championship, uh, you know uh, about a year or so, um, it, it was great. I, I thought he he gave he gave it his all, and defense is amazing. I, I'm excited for for, for this team definitely. Appreciate it, George. Thank you for calling in. 
You know, I, I, I try to balance this out here. I don't want to sound like I come on. It's like all rah-rah. Uh, you know what I mean? That, that there's no there's no guarantee any, you know, this is going to work. So I don't want to make it sound like um, this is a lock and this is, you know, uh, Lakers are just going to mow through every team in the West, even though I genuinely feel that they're probably, there's a greater chance that they'll go through the West um, uh, you know, obviously be the team to beat in the Western Conference than that not being the case. Um, but the the starting lineup thing is just, that's always one that I always find a, a, an interesting conversation because um, everybody wants to play, even during the season, right? There's there's always questions, right? If a player was out last season, for example, KC's injured, who's going to start? Oh my gosh, Kuzma's starting. And it was, that's always a conversation. Michael always reminds me of this. Michael Thompson would do the pregame show, obviously, with he always reminds me, at the end of the day, it's who ends the games that's most important, not who starts the game. Because um, if you're ending the game, there's a reason why you're in there. Maybe you're a clutch player. Maybe you're comfortable with a certain lineup. Maybe the coaching staff just knows you can finish games. That's always going to be the most important thing. All right, a couple more calls. All right, we got Lee back from La Mirada. Lee, what's going on? You there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Thank you for accepting my call. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think... AD should be at the four. I think from a defensive standpoint, uh, DeAndre Jordan or Howard would be better at the center. Either one of them with AD at, at, on the defensive end would be great. Uh, I think Ellington and, and, and Westbrook would bring that bounce on both offense and defense. And, you know, we keep LeBron's at the three. I, I think that would be a perfect lineup, and they, you know, they'll work the bench after that. Yeah, and there's so – I'm, I'm agreeing with you on the four. Appreciate it, Lee. And, and there's – um, look, there's not a shortage of players here. So there's going to be a ton of, just as an example, right? I'm excited to see Malik Monk this year. I'm excited to see Kendrick Nunn this year. I'm excited to see Kent Bazemore. I think Kent Bazemore is an incredibly um, underrated player in the NBA. I'm excited to see some of these other guys. So whatever we think, you know, if it's Wayne Ellington who starts and you know, like I mentioned, whoever closes out these games, I don't know what the perfect lineup is going to be, but just my, you know, my own personal experience of watching Lakers basketball, and I think most people understand this: the NBA is a long freaking season, and I think strategically, sometimes I was talking about this a little bit last week that I'm not telling you that the Lakers are uh, going to mail in any of these regular season games. But I'm also going to – I'm not going to tell you that the Lakers are going to play every regular season game like they have to have it. And I just mention that because I think teams like the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets and the um, uh, the Phoenix Suns, a lot of teams like that are going to play the regular season very strategically that they need those games to get to the NBA Finals. Or, I'm sorry, they need those games in the playoffs so that they have – um, you know, home court in the playoffs, whatever the case is. I don't think that's going to be the case with the Lakers. I'm more concerned with the Lakers just trying to gel, finding the right matchups that work, and we'll take it from there. Okay, um, more of your phone calls when we come back. If you're out driving around and you want to be a part of Lakers talk, 877-710-ESPN. Um, do you think Taylor Horn Tucker should be in the conversation in the starting lineup? Uh, we're going to get into that when we come back. Plus, there's a report that Coach Vogel's extension – was only for one year. Is that disrespectful to a coach that's already won an NBA championship with the Lakers, or does it make sense what the Lakers are doing, part of that flexibility? We'll get into that coming up next. Just a quick reminder, a couple things we got coming up in the show. Top NBA stories coming up at 8 o'clock. Brad Turner from the LA Times at 8.15. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Funches, we got a problem, Funch. Oh, we got a problem. What is this, Lee? I mean, I think I got to block Alex Caruso on Twitter. <laughs> I don't want to ever see another post of his again. He just posted something up 11 minutes ago. 
Alex Caruso in a Chicago Bulls jersey with Benny, their mascot. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, man, that one. This one hurts a little bit, buddy. This one hurts. It looks so weird to see him. I saw Kuzma earlier today. You know, a lot. most of the team, I don't know how many teams had media day today. Lakers are tomorrow. Seems like half of them already. Okay, so, you know, Washington had a picture of Kyle Kuzma. It's like, man, that looks weird. But this one, I have not seen Caruso in a Chicago Bulls jersey. By the way, this dude looks freaking fit. Ready man, to go this up. He does, here. man. Looks yeah, like he, he gained does. maybe ten or twenty pounds of muscle. Uh, no, you're not you're not kidding. He looks literally looks like probably another ten pounds of just pure muscle. So AC rocking a Chicago Bulls jersey. That just doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem right. All right, let's uh let's take a few more phone calls here. Let's go to Adam in Boyle Heights. Adam, what's going on? You're on Lakers talk. Hey man, thank you so much for the content. Uh thank you, Funches, and and thank you for taking the call. Um, Appreciate that, man. Thank I you. I just want to share a few words real quick. I'm I'm a uh, I'm a diehard man, Angelino. I'm from Boyle Heights. Uh, anybody that knows where Boyle Heights is at, you know. If you don't, then you don't. Um, but at the end of the day, here's what I gotta say: mm-hmm. when it comes to the lineups, we gotta trust in Vogel. We gotta trust in uh, the system, and we're gonna be all right. And I just feel like sometimes we just get too over our heads. And we we just gotta appreciate the fact that the Lakers do what they gotta do to put us in a situation. And I say us because you know that's how Laker fans uh, think. Um, and we're gonna be all right. We're gonna figure it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna, you know, we're gonna throw different mixes up in there with lineups. Um, but you know, we gotta just trust in the system. We gotta trust in the process. And man, it's amazing to be a Laker fan because we are a brand man we're out there and we're always going to be in contention except for a few years obviously but we're going to be all right so i don't think there's no reason to overthink it i think we should just trust in it and man it's amazing to be a laker fan period appreciate Um, it adam no no hey listen i I appreciate it it's actually you know it's a good perspective because you're right there's this you know listen i i i can kind of speak to it from from reference I'm, I'm born and raised in san diego san diego is not you know winning championships um on a year in year out basis they're just not and then you know obviously they only have one franchise now but i mentioned that because you're right there are a lot of so many different organizations around the nba that um there's no expectation when you walk into a season to win a championship there just isn't there's very few organizations that do that on a consistent basis and lakers by far in the modern era of basketball have been the most successful one and three four years ago there wasn't a conversation uh, about this by any stretch of the imagination because the lakers were just kind of a lottery team and then lebron came and now all of a sudden things change um there is (laughs) there's definitely perspective sometimes you said uh, something about um, Adam from Boyle Heights said something about um, trusting in Coach Vogel. So, you know, a piece of this article uh, from The Athletic, and uh, I'm going to mention it again, and I'll encourage Laker fans. It's a great piece. I mean, there's literally 50 different topics that came from it, Sham Sharania, Sam Amick, and Bill Oram. And one of the, one of the pieces I, I thought was very interesting, and it was about Coach Vogel. Coach Vogel, um, August 6th, Lakers issued a statement announcing Vogel had signed an extension, uh, an extension with the Lakers. This would be technically the final year of his contract if he didn't sign that extension. So the um, terms of the deal were not in there. How many years uh, Frank Vogel would be with the Lakers, that, that portion was not in there. So I'm going to read this directly from the article. Multiple sources told The Athletic that Vogel's extension added only one year to his contract, securing him through 2022-2023. So I mentioned this as a question uh, to Laker fans out there that is it disrespectful that you're only giving a coach that won you an NBA championship? When I say won you an NBA championship, I'm not saying he did it individually, but he was the head coach of the Lakers. And the Lakers won a championship. I mean, if, if you look back in Lakers history, there's only a handful of coaches that have coached the Los Angeles Lakers that can say, I won a championship with the Lakers while I was head coach. So... With that being said, um, Vogel, if you know this report, which I have no reason to, you know, obviously not think this is sources telling the Athletic that it's only a one-year addition to the contract. So, um, is it disrespectful to only give Vogel one additional year? 
you know, I, I had some time to think about this. I'm kind of playing it back in my head. And I'm like, all right, you know, I, and I do remember, obviously, when the Lakers, Palenka, made the announcement that they're extending uh, Coach Vogel. Thoughts in my head, I'm like, well, what kind of extension is it? You know, he originally signed. Um, it was a three-year deal, and this would be the final year of his contract. So is, that, is it another three years? Is it two years? Is it one? I, I don't know what it is. So if it's one, one additional year, that means there's something that will line up with – that type of a contract. Frank Vogel, LeBron has two years left on his contract. He's got this upcoming season and next season. Russell Westbrook has two more years on his contract. He's got this season, this upcoming season, and next season. And it means Coach Vogel will have the exact, would be kind of a mere contract of length of contract that he'll be with the Lakers. It lines up with LeBron and it lines up with Russell Westbrook. I got no problem with it. Got to be honest with you. I, I genuinely have no problem with it. And um, if let's just say hypothetically Vogel ended up as a coach for the Lakers and he was here for, um, uh, you know, four years or he's already done two years. So if he's here for four years, let's just say hypothetically speaking, um, I, I think that's okay. And and I say that because, you know, I, there's a, a few reasons why I think it's okay. The, the thing that I look out most is life in L.A. for the Los Angeles Lakers after LeBron James, is going to look so much different. And you could tell the way the Lakers have kind of structured a lot of their deals. Um, There is this currently with LeBron organization that's running things knowing LeBron's going to be a part of the franchise. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, kind of a portion of question marks of we're going to have to hit the reset button once LeBron James decides. And maybe that's not going to be in two years for LeBron. Maybe LeBron's going to be with the Lakers for another four years. I don't have that answer, but certainly to this point, you kind of you, you keep in mind the fact that this is LBJ's contract. That's Russ's contract. And now this is going to be Vogel's contract. Lakers have given themselves an incredible amount of flexibility for life after LeBron James deciding to either hang it up or whatever his plan is after two years. I think that's fair to kind of have your coach lined up with a couple of these other key assets. And uh, if he's lined up with the exact same contract as LeBron and, and Russ, I don't have an issue with it. And Anthony Davis is really the only player on the roster that's obviously signed long-term with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's okay. He's 28 years old. That's kind of the thought process is this is going to be the guy, one of the major pieces for the Lakers franchise for hopefully the next seven, eight, nine years or whatever the case is. These other smaller windows it's okay to kind of have them all lined up on the same timetable. All right, let's take a couple more calls here. Let's go to Solomon in Lake Balboa. Solomon, I appreciate you calling in. What's going on, Solomon? Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks so much. A couple of things, yeah, you know, I'm going to re- respond to what you just said, but as far as AD, you know, speaking of AD going forward, mm-hmm. uh, him at the five, you know, it's time, man. I'm sorry. He's, he's gonna, I know he's uncomfortable there. Maybe that's something he discussed with LeBron. Uh, and and Westbrook and they, maybe they said, look at this is where we need you, man. I know you maybe don't prefer it, but you're best. It seems like at the five, so we're going forward with that. And regarding the coaching decision, I think so. Man, so man, really let me throw point. let me throw a question to you. Let me throw sure. a question real quick. So, do you think it's necessary for an 82 game grind to play the five for AD? And if you do, explain to me because I, I was making the case that I don't think it's necessary. You know, in an 82 game grind, do you do you think it's necessary? And if you do, tell me why. No, no, I, I didn't hear that part of your comment. I'm sorry. I, w- I would agree with you there as well. We always seem to track with each other. Um, that's going to have to be something in play. Sure. Uh, God willing, he doesn't get injured at the five. Uh, you know, that would be another reason. So, yeah, if you want to preserve him a little bit, yeah, he doesn't have to always play the five. But in some of those important series or in the playoffs, that, that may have to come to be. Couldn't agree more, by the way. No, Vogel, no, Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that it's Vogel and, and LeBron and, and uh, Westbrook. And let's see what happens in two years. Who knows where the Lakers are going to go, what direction. So you want to leave yourself... Uh, all the options possible, players, coaches, etc. Thank you, Solomon. Appreciate the call, buddy. Let me uh, let me try to get a couple more calls in here before uh, we have to go to break. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in right now, uh, appreciate you tuning in, um, or if you're listening on the podcast or whatever the case is, um, tomorrow morning we are covering Lakers Media Day, 
during the Travis and Sliwa show. It goes on at right at the same time. 10 to noon is Lakers media day. Travis and I, obviously we do our show from 9.55 to 12.55. So uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to get a chance to hear from uh, the cream of the crop tomorrow on media day, expectations for the season, the whole nine yards. Jaime in Montebello. What's going on, Jaime? Uh, he's smaller, but he says point guard. Jaime? All right, there's Jaime. All right, all right. Is he uh, calling into another show? I, I think... I may had two. Uh, talking about a starting lap in the background. I don't know yeah, what he's doing. I, I don't know. He's practicing, looking in the mirror. I mean, I, I like it. I like it. He's getting ready for the car. Right, let's go to Eric in LA. Eric, what's going on? Hey, man. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. So I it, think that I think the starting five that came out today is literally the perfect starting five. Um, you got Ariza at the three. He can switch everything uh, with AD starting. So if AD is going to start, you have to have Ariza at the three to switch anything. Um, it's it's the length also, and then. I think with uh, Ellington at the two, I think that's the only place you can use Ellington. You can't use him off the bench because he doesn't have playmakers to get him shots like LeBron Russ does. Um, I think AD starting is perfect at the five because you want to keep that paint open for Russ. He, he's not he's not a great three point shooter, but I mean, when it gets into the lane, I mean, you you want the lane to be open for him, guys like him and LeBron. So I think AD at the five is perfect. I think Ellington at the two is perfect. And I think Ariza, you know, Vogel's only going to give him four to six minutes at a time anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think him at the uh, three is, uh, is is perfect. Jaime, I appreciate the call. So what, what Jaime is referencing is how do you how do you best – Russell Westbrook's your point guard, and he's not going to be a efficient outside shooter. So Jaime's saying, well, if AD's at the five, then all of a sudden you open up the paint. Russell Westbrook can get to the basket. Wayne Ellington is a shooter. You can have Russ and you can have LeBron kind of find him from a spot-up spot shooter perspective. Trevor is a 3-and-D guy. Um, I get the concept of it all. The only thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and say is you got DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. You got two centers, seven-foot centers that are going to focus on the defensive side. Um, you lost some solid defensive players that were on your team uh, last season, and you won an NBA championship because I, I thought defense was your foundation a couple years ago as well. Man, for me, take that blueprint you had a year ago, throw DeAndre Jordan at the five, throw AD at the uh, at the uh, four, LeBron at the three, Wayne Ellington at the two, and then throw Russell Westbrook at the one. We'll see what the Lakers do, but this is when I know we're uh, close to Lakers season starting. We're already complaining about what starting lineup to have. That's a good sign because that means Lakers basketball is right around the corner. Top NBA stories coming up next. 8.15, Brad Turner from the LA Times. I want to get some of his thoughts on the few of the topics that we talked about. want to also ask him about, um, want to ask him about uh, uh, like we mentioned, from the uh, coaching perspective, what he thinks of Vogel potentially, that one-year extension. THT, should he be in the conversation starter? So we got a lot to get into. I'll take more of your phone calls at 8.30. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 